Hey everyone, welcome to the Life in Ministry podcast where we seek to have honest conversations about everyday life and the church. My name is Chandler and today I am joined by my two co-hosts, Matt Armanderas and Paul Rivera. In today's episode, we discuss the question, when is it okay to leave your church? This is a question that came up quite frequently as we asked people on social media. And so moving forward, you can follow us on Instagram at The Life and Ministry. And feel free to message us any topics that you would be interested in discussing on the podcast. We don't want to just have honest conversations about life and ministry, but we want to create a space where you can also join in on those conversations as well. So be sure to connect with us on Instagram, subscribe to the podcast, and review it on Apple Podcasts. So with that being said, here's today's episode. Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Chandler. And I'm Matt. And I'm Paul. And this is the Life in Ministry podcast. What's up, Matthew? Paul, how are we doing, guys? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. I just had my favorite snack. Uh, Have you guys ever gotten tortilla chips and just kind of threw them on a plate and then sprinkled some shredded cheese over it, pop it in the microwave for about a minute? That does not sound good at all. I've only seen that on the movie Step Brothers. At the it's, beginning, Will Ferrell does that, I'm pretty sure. No, if you if you go to a Mexican restaurant and order nachos, that's literally what they're going to get. No, it's not. Yes, no, it is. So, so hang on. So if you come to my house and do that, it's going to be as good as going to like a Mexican restaurant. It's going to taste like a Mexican restaurant. It's going to taste like nachos. El Tiempo. <laughs> it will be that good. That. It'll there definitely be better than gringos. There are much better snacks that you can have. Than okay, give me an example of a good snack then. Okay, easy. Mm-hmm. Every night, okay. Every every night, I have a habit. After Michaela falls asleep, I heat up ten pizza rolls with okay. a side of spicy mayo, and usually about five chicken nuggets with ketchup. <laughs> Wait, where are you getting that spicy mayo at? They, I've only been able to find it at HEB. <laughs> Wait, did you say? Did you say that you do that every single night? <laughs> about the last like month and a half, I've gotten the bad habit of yes, I've done it almost every night. <laughs> <laughs> That's not healthy, you borrow. You're about to enter into your thirties. <laughs> not no not yet i'm not that close to 30 i'm only 25 okay <laughs> i mean you're having a kid like next week you're gonna be 30 you better be careful now that's true i'm a i'm a week and two days away from from our son that's crazy and like what's what's crazy about him being so close with like the the pandemic and stuff so the doctor told michaela like how serious it would be if if me or her got it um, with us going into the hospital when she goes into labor and then like the dangers of having Luke around. So we've been having to be like super careful, like wearing masks all the time, which I was wearing a mask before because I know it's required, but you know, like making sure I for real wear all the time and I Germex and am careful where I go. And you know, okay, so what do, of- you, do you hear yourself? Yeah, I wear a mask all the time, you know, because it's required and <laughs> I'm having a child, not because, hey, I'm trying to, you know, keep everybody safe. In a pandemic, a global no, pandemic. No, I mean, of, of course, of course. I just, you know, I, I do. I am trying to keep everybody safe. And I have been wearing a mask. I've been I've been very careful. So I've done my part. What kind of mask What kind of mask do you have? Do you got like a special order from Etsy, Kanye and Kim on the front? You know, like, do you have a special mask? Yeah, th- that would be cool. I'm curious which ones y'all have. I have a few, actually. But probably the one I primarily use are those blue like disposable ones <laughs> that I got for free. Those are my favorite. Cause they're like the, they fit the most comfortably on my size head, I guess. And they're thin. So I, so I feel like I can breathe. I like those thin blue ones. What about y'all? Wait, wait. So you said you have multiple 
of the blue surgical masks or do you just reuse the same surgical mask? <laughs> oh, oh yeah, for sure just reuse it until I lose it. So I probably had this one for I don't know, maybe I don't know, maybe three months, two months, something like that. <laughs> oh, no. So yeah. you've been reusing the the daily disposable blue masks. Well, yes, but I don't <laughs> technically. Yes, it's just in my cup holder, and I use it in your but, cup holder. But there's there's other ones I have. I just don't always use them. I would say eighty percent of the time I'm using that blue one. Yeah. No, I need anyone that's listening in a car to look inside your cup holder. That's like the nastiest part of your car. <laughs> there's crumbs and sticky that's but, the worst part okay okay you know, hang on so so matt i want to hear so are you wearing a reusable one that you wash every day that's what you're making it sound like so and where know. do you put it okay first off i've got like four or five and they're all reusable have i washed them no have i had <laughs> them for four or five months yes now the other day i did just buy a gator do you know what those are? The little things they like go on your neck and you like pull them up and cover your nose. They don't, it's like pushes up so close to my mouth. You can see like my lips and my nose sticking through, but I don't wash them and I hang them on my rear view mirror in my car. There's like four masks on. There. That's the, that's the like, um, you're like that person in Texas who's like boycotting masks, you know? And so you're going to wear like a, you're going to wear like a gator instead. Cause you know, you don't want to go get a mask. Do not put me in that anti-mask crowd there. Literally married to a nurse. So I, I thought about, I have one of those like gator masks that you like put over, but mine has like, I thought about wearing it, but mine has like, like mesh holes in the front. So I can still breathe through it, you know? Probably doesn't count. Yeah. Yeah. What are those but, things called? Uh, bak- baklavas? Bak- you know what I'm talking about? I have no it's idea ski, what you're talking about. Mask, like a robber ski mask. Oh. They're not baklava. Baklava is <laughs> like a dessert. over your head. <laughs> yeah. What are those called? Baklavas. Baklava. Ba- baklava. That is pretty funny. I'm like looking it up. Balkov. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Oh, there it yeah. is. A balaklava. Balaklava. It's a ski mask. Like a robber that would mask. That would cover your mouth better than I guess what Chandler's talking about. No, but this yeah, one I, does not cover my mouth. And it's a mask, though. Yeah, I, uh, speaking, hey, I, I've been meaning to tell y'all, speaking of masks, which this sounds like it doesn't relate to masks, but I'll explain how it does. So this week, um, I actually try to pick up a new hobby. So I realized that because I'm being very careful and wearing masks everywhere I go and stuff, and I've mostly been home, I really haven't been going outside almost at all, unless I have, like, something I really, really have to go to. And so I wanted a reason to go outside. And so this week, um, I went and I bought a skateboard. Um, and today was the like second Walmart? Row. No, 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 no. I went to like Southern Ski Sports and got like a legit one. First um, off, so why can't you buy a skateboard from Walmart? Yeah, why why'd you, you say, why'd you oh, no, 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 no. Because you don't go to Walmart to get like your basketball shoes if you're going to try to be really good at basketball, you know? You're trying to be really good at skateboarding or what? Uh-huh. Well, well, yeah, probably. I you mean, wanna I, I want to take it. I want to take it seriously. And so I, uh, I went, but my wife's deal was that I had to buy a helmet. Um, if I were to <laughs> So you skate around in a helmet? Yeah, as a 25-year-old skater around my neighborhood, obviously no balance, doesn't know how to ride a skateboard going up and down the sidewalks. Um, but I'm figuring it out. I've, two days in a row, I'm logging my time. Yesterday, I did it for 25 minutes. I thought I was going to die, which is funny because I told Michaela, hey, just a heads up, baby. Like, I'm going to be skating on and off all day. So, like, 
uh, oh. I'll be out there for a few hours. She was like, oh, okay. I was out there for 25 minutes and I couldn't breathe. I came in and laid down. Um, but today I did 30 minutes and I'm going to log my time and get better and better at it. What? So. Okay. I have a couple of questions. One, what does logging your time have to do with anything? Thank also, you. two, so are you just like riding the skateboard for like leisure time in your neighborhood or... Okay, what? so for the first question, logging my time. So I looked up a beginner's video on YouTube and they recommend <laughs> that you ride around for at least an hour just riding before you try any tricks because they want you comfortable with your balance. So I'm logging how much I'm, I'm getting like, like time in. And, and I want to be able to look back in six months and be like, oh, look, the first time I skated, I was after 25 minutes, I almost died. But now I can skate for two hours and my legs aren't killing me yet. So that's the reason for the log. Uh, the leisure thing yeah, it's pretty leisurely. I just kind of have headphones in and I'm listening to music and yeah, it's pretty, it's relaxing. It kind of, it's, it's relaxing. It's been fun. Y'all, y'all should try it. I want y'all to try to come skate with me. Okay. Let's, let's put a date on it. Let's pick a date and, uh, we need to go all meet up at the skate park and we'll go skate Chandler. I want you there. Me and Paul are going to be dropping in doing, um, kick flips and stuff. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't even know what to say. Doing, uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be the next Tony Hawk. You don't know who Tony Hawk is? Yeah, my yeah, new my Tony new Hawk. thing that I've been telling everyone is, by the way, Tony Hawk wears a helmet. Because I've got multiple <laughs> comments about the helmet. But if you look up any Tony Hawk clip, Tony Hawk wears helmets. Okay, so so yes, I wear a helmet. Um, so you're, you're just trying to you're just trying to be like the pros. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, basically, basically. But um, anyways, I think we should try to go ahead and get into the topic um, because I feel like this is a really important topic. It's something we um, you know, probably have a lot to say about and are excited to talk about. So um, for those of you listeners who listened to our introduction podcast that we released last week, um, we mentioned that we were going to, you know, that we had um, originally when we thought about the podcast, asked what people would be interested in hearing us talk about. Um, and one of the most common questions that we got was, when is it okay to leave your church? Um, and so we're really excited to talk about that today. I know Chandler, you posed this question on your Instagram story um last week and and we're just curious what people would say um you got a few responses from that right yeah i got some uh that were <laughs> that were kind of funny and then some that were obviously serious and i got a lot more than i honestly that i thought that um that we would get and it seems like a lot of people are really interested in uh interested in the answer to this question and have you know obviously their own opinions as well my favorite one was uh uh, when you, whenever they don't have the gluten-free version for communion. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. And I think then, that was my favorite one. It was like, hey, if you don't have my style of communion, <laughs> I can't go here. Yeah, um, I'm a full loaf of bread or bust, man. Yeah, full <laughs> loaf of bread with everyone touching it during a pandemic. Yeah, Gosh. for sure. No, but uh, some people, I mean, they answered, like there was a lot uh, of answers or responses that were like, hey, whenever I'm, you know, not growing anymore or, Hey, if I don't enjoy the worship and kind of some of the more like, um, I don't know how you would say it, not like self-centered responses, but just like a, Hey, I'm not growing. So the reality is, is like, I need to maybe go somewhere else where I can grow. There was a lot of those types of responses. Um, but there was a couple that were, that were pretty interesting. One of someone said, if it's not a local church to you, in other words, like, Hey, if you're driving 45 minutes to go to a specific church, because that's the church that you like or connect with, and maybe you should try to find somewhere that's a little bit more local to you. I thought that that was a, a good answer to that. Um, they said, another person said you could leave or you should leave after you see that the teachings aren't aligned with God's word, which obviously we know that there's kind of a lot to that. And Hey, what does that look like? And, 
uh, those sorts of things. And then, uh, well, somebody said salvific theology uh, differences or heretical teaching. Um, otherwise, so if it's not those two things, if it's not salvific theology or heretical teaching, otherwise, then you should be uh, a part of the solution. And so, um, yeah, those were those are some of the the answers. We obviously don't have time to read all of them, but yeah, it's funny how many answers it seems are. Um, the problem is the church, not me. You know, yeah. it's like I don't like this type of uh, music, or I, I don't like the style of teaching, or I don't like that these chairs are uncomfortable, or you know, it's yeah. just I'm going to leave whenever I want to leave, and that doesn't seem to be a, a church issue. That's a, that's a you issue. Right. And you know, the thing is, is like pe- even some of the people that not everybody said that, right. But the people who responded like that, the reality is it's like, I totally get it. And yeah. that's just a product. Like I have gone to a church and said, you know what? I don't like the music here. And like, sure. that's just the product of like, I feel like American Christianity at times that it's like this consumeristic type of culture. If that makes sense. Like we're used to, Hey, I go to a restaurant. I didn't like the way that I was served. Or, hey, I went to a gym and I didn't like the way that they talked to me. So I'm going to go to another gym or, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 for sure. There was a book we read in school. Man, I, I wish I could remember the name. But there's a book we read in school that uses this huge analogy of how um, we are trained to treat life like walking into a mall um, and shopping and looking for exactly what you want and being entertained while you're looking for what you want and having a thousand options when you walk into a mall. And he was yeah. kind of relating that to, to American Christianity. Man, I wish I remembered the book title, but I'll think of it after this, I bet. But um, it was interesting. He was talking about American Christianity. We just have thousands of options and we think it should be catered to us um, and something we like. Um, and and I just, yeah, I, I think it's a really interesting idea. Yeah, that's a good point, Paul. And the reality is for us three, um, we've all left churches before. You know, I've worked at two churches prior to where I'm at now. Um, recently in the past year, you two have left uh, a church and now are working at different churches yourselves. And Chandler, you asked the question on Instagram, when is it okay to leave your church? Got a lot of responses, but if you were answering that, what what would you say? Yeah. And I guess the reality is, is I did just have to answer that, right? Like not even (laughs) nine months ago. (laughs) And, And it's funny. I think the reason why people choose to leave their church, like people always want it to be like more spicier than it really is. Like people want it to, you know, people want to make it a big deal why people choose to leave their churches. And the reality is, is man, people just leave for different reasons. I think, so for me specifically, like, man, I think a lot of it, and this isn't the, this would be like an oversimplification to just say this. um, But I think it has to do with partnership for me. Like, And that's the same thing, not just with the church, right? But like any nonprofit really, right? Like if you think of, if you ever supported like a nonprofit outside of the church even, right? It's like, hey, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be able to partner with you, right? Whatever that looks like, whether that's like monetarily, whether that's time, whether that's my family, whatever that may look like, it comes to a point where it's like, hey, like the vision and mission of the church, like at one point, like I was able to partner with it. And then like now, like, hey, maybe I'm not at a point where I feel like I could partner with the church. Does that make sense? I know that that's like a really like simplified way to say that, but. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And this question I'm about to ask is kind of annoying. Um, but because I, <laughs> I feel like this is a. Big like, surprise. Like, yeah, yeah. This question I'm about to ask, you can ask about a lot of things. And I think it's always kind of hard to find. But I'm kind of curious where, where you find that line in the partnership, right? Because we know that no nonprofit, no church you're at is perfect. Um, we all know every job you're at, you have problems. Um, and so I guess, um, my question for you would be like, so at, 
for you, what, at what point do you feel like, okay, there's a line now where I no longer feel like I can partner with this versus just a typical like, hey, I had a little bit of conflict today or hey, the pastor did something that I didn't love or man, I wish my church did this differently. Like where, where do you think like that line is if that question makes sense? Yeah, I don't, you know, that makes sense. I don't know if there's like one specific line, if that makes sense. But I would say, you know, like in my process, and it wasn't just the last church, but even in college, like the process of leaving a church should not look like, and I'll say that again, like it shouldn't look like this, but a lot of times, unfortunately it does. It shouldn't look like, Hey, me and the pastor, like we had conflict or Hey, me and another staff member had conflict or Hey, you know, I didn't like the hours or whatever. And that's if you're working for a church, right. Or, you know, but I think if you're saying, Hey, I didn't like this or this didn't go well. And like, those might be valid reasons. Right. But if you're just all of a sudden, Hey, like this didn't go well, this didn't go, this didn't go well. Okay. Hey, next week. Okay. I'm going to leave my church. You know, I think that that's the wrong way to do that. And so I don't know if there's one specific line. I think there's a process. So like for me, even like having just recently gone through that experience, it's like, Hey, like I'm beginning to notice these things and genuinely, like a lot of people responded. And again, it sounds like an oversimplification, but like, if you're a believer, you understand this, that, Hey, like the Lord begins to prompt and work on your heart. And you begin to think like, Hey, like, I feel like the Lord is moving me into a different season. And that in itself doesn't mean, Hey, the Lord's moving me into a different season. Okay. See ya. You know, I think it takes, man, it takes months. Sometimes it takes years to really process some of those things. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, you know, for sure. That's fair. And that's why, and I, that question, I mean, people ask me that all the time about many different things, not just this question you know, of where do you draw the line on blank? And I think it can be hard, but I, I, I really appreciate how you answered. I think it, I think it makes a lot of sense. I think I, I agree with you, um, Shannon, what you're saying. And I think it's important for us to note that that decision to leave a church shouldn't be a decision that you make alone or a process that you do alone. I think you've got to bring in some wise counsel, some mentors that um, are, are much more mature and further along in their walk than you that can speak some truth to you. Because there are times, even from my own experience, but I know we've all been there of the example you brought up, Paul, me and a coworker had conflict or me, I, I'm disagreeing with what the pastor's doing. I'm disagreeing with what our church is doing. And I'm super emotional. So I'll get, I'll get hot. Like I'll get in my own emotions and in my head. And if I don't go to someone and um, try to process that with somebody, then it's going to lead me to make immature decisions. And unfortunately I have, I have done that. I think that I was very hasty and leaving um, the first church I was at. I think there were some issues that I saw and I tried to process them alone and not really with anyone. Mm -hmm. And uh, it caused me to make some decisions that, you know, uh, were immature to be honest. I mean, I was 23 years old. I made immature decisions and, that's because I was trying to do it alone. Yeah. And I think that, man, sometimes, and I've, I've been in that spot too. We get so consumed with like, I don't know, the self-centered side of like, sure. hey, well, I just want to solve this on my own. I don't want to bring any other people in and what my way is the highway. Like, I think, you know, the church should be going this way. And one, uh, I so the, the, the church that I just left, I remember like kind of going through this process, you know, and you can't, it's just the reality of working for a church, right? Like you can't, you don't want to go up to your boss at the church and say, Hey, like, you know, I'm really thinking this and uh, not saying that you shouldn't be able to do that. I'm just saying like, it's not your gut reaction. Right. And so I called a mentor and he asked me a question that I thought, man, like just really shook me. And I had to really think about that a lot is he said, Hey, the question that you should be asking is not necessarily like, 
hey, when should you leave? The question that you should be asking is, hey, what's the best way that you can serve your church, the one that you're at right now? Hmm. And then yeah. he paused for a second and then he said, he said, and the reality is, is the best way that you can serve your church might be leaving. And I was hmm. like, dang. And so yeah. I just had to chew on that, right? And that takes time to like really think that through. For sure. I think that's uh, that's heavy right there. And, and it's a it's a gut punch because leaving a leaving a church isn't easy at all ever. Um, no matter how much we may be unhappy or or not satisfied with where we're at, I think it's really difficult um, to leave, and it, it lasts a, a while. Yeah, and you know what that question like did for me? It said, "Hey, what's the best way that you can serve your church, even if you don't agree with it, even if you don't, yeah. you're not like loving your job right now, or you're not loving your ministry because it's not just people who work for a church. It could be." you know, volunteer, it could be just a normal congregate. Hey, you're not enjoying this aspect of ministry right now or your church or your pastor, whatever it may be. Right. But that type of question says, Hey, you know what? Like I'm called here and how, what's the best way for me to serve right now? It's yeah. very humbling. Yeah, for I sure. Think, I think Chan, that that's what, um, in college, like you coming to the church where I was, I think that me and you, I remember us talking about like, I said, hey, there's some things about this. You know, it's a little old school, like the worship, uh, the worship pastor and the worship team. They're incredible. They have great hearts. They love Jesus. May not be like a modern style, but you're like, man, it, do it doesn't matter about that right now. Like, I'm just here to serve these students and serve. And uh, I think that that's a really good mentality and perspective to have on like, hey, what is the best way that I can serve my church I'm currently at, regardless of how I feel about worship and, and so on and so forth. Regardless of if I'm the only person walking in with the hat and no button up shirt and basketball yep. shorts. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> That's so true. No, it's good. Paul, what about what about you? How how would you answer that question? When do you think it's okay <laughs> to to leave the church? Because similar timeline for you too, right? I think different situations, but you yeah. left around the same time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um yeah, man. And I think, you know, I know we've said it a couple of times, but it's just really not an easy decision, right? It's super heavy decision. Um, it's an exhausting decision. It's a lot of, um, a lot to think through and a lot that you go through. But for me personally, I guess if I were to answer the question, um, I think, I think there's a lot of reasons that you can leave a church that I believe are valid. Right. And I won't necessarily get into all of those. Um, I mean, I can, um, leave those for us to talk about maybe even in a few minutes, but so I'm not going to go through necessarily all the reasons I think, but for me, um, I think what was big for me was that I was not going to leave over just one reason. Um, yeah. and you know, I, cause when you're a part of a church, I think a healthy view of your church is that you're, you're living life with them, right? You're a part of the body. And so one, mm -hmm. one little thing should not make that decision so easy. Um, uh, I mean, Chandler, I, I don't even know if you remember this super clearly and to be honest, um, and I'm being really honest is that I don't even remember exactly what happened, but I know like someone really ticked me off one day at work or something happened and I, and I call Chandler and I FaceTime him and I'm playing basketball. Um, and at the time, by the way, for the listeners, um, Chandler was, was one of my directors. And so Chandler's over me. So this doesn't seem like the wise thing to do, but we were good friends, but I'd never had a conversation like this. So this was like a big step for me. I was scared to do this, but I called Chandler. <laughs> um, I'm playing basketball. I have my headphones and I'm listening to like angry music. I'm like really, really upset that day. And I'm like, hold Chandler, on. what? Hold on. What's your, what angry music are you listening to? What is angry music? I'm trying to think. That day, 
I don't know. It was probably some like old Eminem or something. I don't even remember. It was some rap oh music. I was like, oh, I'm mad. Like, I'm going to go play basketball. I need to like get my mind off work for a little bit. I'm in my fields. Let's I'm go. I'm in my fields. And I genuinely don't remember what happened, but I know I, like it was upset to the point and being really transparent. I remember I called Chandler and I'm pretty sure I was crying or I either had just been crying. But like, I remember like I was crying for being so upset. It wasn't even like a sad cry or like someone hurt my feelings and now I'm going to cry about it. It was like being torn of like, man, I. I love my job and I love doing ministry and I've been a part of this church for a little while now, but like, man, this makes me want to leave. And just like the, the pain of that. And I remember calling Chandler and talking about it. Um, and, uh, I think what helped me with that conversation and, um, kind of moving forward was that I was not going to let one thing make me leave. Cause I remember Chandler. And for those of you who don't know Chandler, well, um, he's one that a lot of times when you come to him with something, his first reaction is a lot of times to laugh. Um, and I feel like I, I feel like I'm laughing and in nicer words than this would say, like, first of all, like take a deep breath, like <laughs> you need to calm down a little bit. Um, and just kind of anyways, I, I just remember that conversation and to give you guys kind of a timeline of this is that was months before I actually left the church that I left. And so um me leaving was not like an overnight decision. It was not a one off, like, hey, this happened and I'm gone. Um, for me, I think it was a buildup of a lot of things, you know, mixes of, um, you know, maybe like what Chandler said, partnership views, um, or leadership views or conflict or how I feel about my job, whatever it may be. I I was far from my family. There was a lot of things that I felt that, that maybe like one day or another made me think, Hey, I'm really not happy or whatever. But for me kind of over time, what I felt was I kind of lost my joy and my passion. Um, Mm -hmm. it was affecting my job, you know, I mean, not that you have to be happy at your job every single day, but man, I was just in a long season where it was like, I haven't felt happy here in a long time. I felt, haven't felt joy in a long time. It's affecting how I preached on Sundays, how I plan these events, my interaction with students, my interaction with parents. You know, um, I remember feeling like when I talked to, to parents and students, like, hey, I don't know if I'm going to be here for what you guys are planning a year from now. And, and when I reached that point, it was like, uh, you know, I've, I've lost a lot of my joy and my passion. And, and then kind of what Chandler goes, goes back to of, what can I do best for the church? You know, I don't know if it's even best for the church that I'm I'm working here and serving here at this point at this point in time. Yeah, that's that's, yeah, good. that's I, good. I was um, it, it like we've said, you know, before. All of us are really close, so it's it's kind of crazy reflecting back on over a year ago. These these things were happening well over a year ago, and having these conversations and doing life together and talking about them and processing them. And yeah, nothing nothing just happens like like in a snap. And if that decision to leave a church happens in just a quick snap, I think that it's the wrong decision in that moment. Yeah. I think you've got to process it. Something that somebody, I don't know where I heard this, but somebody told me this not too long ago. And I've been thinking about it a lot lately is that wise people move slowly. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you've ever noticed that, noticed that before that like a wise person usually walks slow. They do everything slowly. <laughs> they respond to you slowly. And you're like, come on, like, please like Gandalf. Keep, continue speaking like Gandalf. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and here's what's crazy about like, even like I'm listening, like thinking about like the answer I just gave and the, the one that you just gave, Paul, is that like, it's almost like we're not really answering the question of, hey, when is it okay to leave the church? Sure. Because really what we're saying is like, hey, like you should really, really, really think that through. Mm-hmm. Because there's not just like a, a laundry list of reasons to leave a church. Like as much as we would love to hey, here's the top 10 reasons. Like if your church is doing this, you should leave immediately. Like the reality yeah. is we're dealing with people. We're not dealing with the building. And so it's yeah. not that simple. 
Yeah, I know it's hard. And I remember, I mean, in conversations with Michaela, my, my wife, um, obviously y'all know that's my wife, but in case people don't know, that's my wife. I remember in conversations with Michaela, you know, it's very big, heavy decision as, you know, um, and all of our wives are very involved in our ministries, right? So Michaela was close to the students and parents and had friends at church. Um, and she wasn't so quick to agree, um, or, you know, think we, we were not always necessarily on the same page on whether or not we should leave. And I remember when she was 100% okay with saying that I should leave is when one day I told her, because um, I mean, y'all know this, the listeners don't know this. When I left my last church, I didn't have a job, um, which was pretty unique, I guess, but I had no idea where I was going to go, or what was going to happen. Um, but I remember telling Michaela like, hey, I'm going to go back to Papado and wait tables like I did in college. Um, and we can move in with my parents and we'll save money. Um to get to afford an apartment again or a house, whatever that looks like, but I'm going to go back and wait tables. And Michaela was shocked because I hated waiting tables more than anything. <laughs> and so when I said that, Michaela was like, yeah, I, I think it's best that you probably, you know, you should probably leave. <laughs> because you would rather wait tables. <laughs> <laughs> so if you reach that point where it's like, Hey, you've lost your passion that much. Like, yeah, it's probably not good for the church or for you and for your mental yeah. health, even whatever, you know? So. Yeah. No, it totally makes sense. Yeah. Matt, I don't know if, about you, if you have, uh, if you had to answer that question of like, Hey, when is it okay for you to like ultimately make the decision to leave a church? Like, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, I, I have some experience, I think of leaving churches, you know, I've, I've worked at two churches prior to the one I'm at now. And, uh, it was kind of a meme there for a while that I was the guy, the young youth pastor who hopped around churches and worked at three churches in my first like five years of ministry. Uh, it's kind of, I'm kind of settled down now. So, you know, we're, we're making progress. We're maturing. Uh, I, I think, um, some of these reasons that we've listed before of, um, man, I'm not growing or, um, the partnership aspect of it that I've experienced a little bit of both of those things. Like the, what we would might say is the right reasons to leave or a good reason to leave versus um, a bad reason to leave. And there were times where I've, I left uh, for selfish reasons. And um, I think though, that there are legitimate reasons that were mentioned uh, to, to leave a church. I think that um, if there's abusive relationships going on um, and, and not mm -hmm. just like, there's very obvious abusive relationships that we can clearly acknowledge, you know, physical abuse, sexual abuse. Yes. Get out of that ASAP and report that. But I think that there's, you know, um, abusive relationships that happen with, you know, uh, leadership um, being very manipulative or um, kind of abusing your time and your resources and taking advantage of maybe the position that you hold uh, those kinds of relationships or, or maybe where, um, if you try to speak up against something, you quickly get squished down. I think mm -hmm. that that's not a very healthy relationship to be working in or to be volunteering in or to be even attending. Uh, so I think abusive relationships in that, that manner is valid. Um, I think if, if there's um, false teaching, so, you know, the gospel is not being preached and I'm not talking about a weekend, like, ah, I didn't think he really hit the nail on the head there. I think it's like a consistent pattern of, of straying away from the gospel, then that's, that's a major issue. Um, mm. If God obviously calls you elsewhere. Uh, and then I, like you said, that partnership, uh, I think, I think those are some four reasons that you can look at and say um, after some wise counsel and after the process, I think if these four things are going on, then maybe, or one of those four things, it's pretty fair, I think, to, to begin to look uh, at, at leaving to go somewhere else. Yeah. No, that that's a, uh, that's really good. Um, and the reality is, is like, man, um, 
unfortunately that there are churches that, Hey, the reality is, is, you know, there are some abusive relationships that are happening. Right. And it does to, at least to me. Right. And I know this is my, my answer, but it's like, it does to me, it like goes back to partnership It's like, are you able to partner with these people? Yeah. Do you know what they do with their money? Do you know how they view uh, missions? Do you know how they view community? Do you know how they understand discipleship and worship and the spirit and like those types of things? Like you have to evaluate. And here's the, here's like the big kicker. I don't know what y'all think about this. It's like, and this could be like a whole separate podcast. It like really go, boils down to like, did you do a good job of picking the church in the first place? Yeah. Right. Yeah. No kidding. Well, well, no, that's what, that's actually what I was about to bring up because I know we mentioned at the beginning, um, you know, that there are a lot of people with the opinion and maybe the ideal is that you would never leave your church, but everything we're talking about right now, um, churches go through changes, right? And there's changes mm-hmm. in, in leadership and there's changes in the members that come in and out. Um, and maybe changes, you know, maybe there are someone who was not abusive when you got there. And then a couple of years into it, you know, someone comes on and, um, or maybe, you know, they had a view of missions and a few years later that changed. I think, I think that's, what's hard is that, you know, churches, things about churches can change. And, um, maybe that's on our fault yeah. sometimes of our choosing at the beginning. But I think at a lot of times, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's not always the employee's fault. And I'm not saying, you know, that that was necessarily my experience or people I know, but that's, that's kind of how I, I think about it. It's interesting. For sure. Yeah. I think that in the, in the process, um, we, we do need to probably talk about that in a podcast at some point in that process of joining a church and working somewhere and getting a very, taking off your rose colored glasses and mm. doing some real, hmm. um, real question asking and not being afraid to ask hard questions to those who may be hiring you because, uh, you know, we've all, we've all been part of hiring processes where we really like someone, we really want them on our team and we might paint things a little bit nicer than they really are just so they will say yes. Uh, or maybe we're, we are so desperate for a job that, uh, we, we are not going to ask the hard questions or say how we really feel about something. Cause maybe they might disagree and maybe they won't hire us, but we need to get into that on another topic or another mm. podcast, I think. Cause that's a, that's a really good topic. Um, but the bigger thing for me that I learned, I guess, in thinking about leaving a church, um, where there's just like two questions that I feel like we need to always be asking and that have been really helpful for me, um, is that when I'm thinking about leaving a church or um, I, I have a major issue with a partnership issue, whatever it might be, uh, visions aren't aren't connecting. Uh, I guess a question is like, have you addressed your issues and concerns uh, with leadership? Mm. And, and I think this can be, any level of you're a church member, you're a lead volunteer, you're a staff person. Hmm. Um, if if you have some concerns about maybe um, the church, like you have a real heart for the nations and your church doesn't seem to be doing anything with the nations, not equipping and sending missionaries, not sending teams, not partnering with anyone overseas um, yeah. and like ignoring the mandate by Jesus to go make disciples of all nations that right. if, if you have a problem with that, if you just keep that inside, you're going to get bitter. Mm-hmm. But if you bring that concern to leadership, then you're at least attempting to be part of the change. And if leadership isn't going to do anything about it, then then you've did what you can, right? Like you've mm-hmm. done what you can to bring something, uh, bring something up. And I've always said that, and I'm not good at this, but someone always taught me that if you're going to bring up a problem, then also try to offer a solution. And so maybe when you spend some time thinking about that problem, you're going to bring to leadership. Uh, you can you can bring that up and then maybe have a solution ready 
to point them in the right direction. Yeah, I guess my like follow up, like practical questions to that, because I totally agree with what you're saying is like, hey, I've brought it up so many times. I'm thinking like if you're an employee or you're just a normal congregant showing up on Sunday kind of deal or you're a volunteer, it's like, hey, I see this X issue, like even take the missions issue. Like, for example, it's like how long? <laughs> like, yeah. Because some people would say, hey, like and somebody actually responded to the Instagram post on this is, hey, it takes four to five years to see ministry happen. And like the question, like, especially like, maybe not especially, but in my mind, I'm like, and this is probably the wrong way to view it. In my mind, I'm like, hey, like, I'm a little bit younger. Like, how long am I supposed to, like, am I supposed to wait till like I'm 35 till like this this boat shifts? Like until this thing changes, how long do you wait? I think, um, I think it's fair to ask that question. Uh, Not how long do I wait, but hey, do you agree with me that this is an issue? Oh Yeah. yeah, we totally agree. Okay, well how what's a timeline maybe on when we can be moving forward with some of these things and if the question is if the answer is uh i don't know we'll get back to you i think that's fine you come back around and ask again and if they still have not moved or made any progress i think it's very fair to to like say this is this is a major issue if you're not concerned if you're not concerned about this we're not going to move forward with this then i don't know if this partnership can work out anymore um because it seems like the visions aren't lining up with like my convictions and where God is leading me and how I think things are as I grow and where the church is. Because, I mean, think about it. If you go to a mega church and say that does a Sunday school model, like a Sunday school small group model on Sunday mornings, and you said, man, I don't think this is effective. I think we should be doing home groups. Well, that's a long process. And if they say, "Ah, I'd take about five years to do that, and you're like, okay, cool. Well, I want to be a part of that for the next five years. I want to help make that happen. Then great. Mm-hmm. You can stay there. But if they say that and you're like, man, I just don't think I can do that. Then maybe it goes back to what Paul was saying is like, maybe you picked the wrong church to work for or be a part of. If like mm-hmm. you want to do home groups and they do Sunday school or you want to do missions and they, they don't really care about that. And see it's, it, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's weird too, because kind of what I brought up earlier about like the line, even, even within what we're talking about right now, like with bringing it up to your leader, I feel like whatever reason it is that you're upset about, whatever it is that you're asking for change. I even think that then there are different lines, right. On like what kind of response you're expecting. So if it's something like, Hey, you know, I want to change the model of how we do small groups. So you don't think that they're doing anything theologically wrong. You don't think that they're trying to be like disrespectful or abusive, whatever. You just have a, dis- you just disagree with their model of ministry versus, okay, I feel like you're manipulating me and taking advantage of me. Or, Hey, I feel like you lied to me and you know, I, I, we need to make this right. For sure. Um, so, so I think it's, it's weird even in that. Cause when Chandler asked that question, I think for myself of like, okay, so if I feel lied to by someone you know, above me at my church. I mean, how many, how many times do I have to approach them and talk to them about that before I feel like, okay, well now I feel like this partnership isn't going to work out versus, you know, I would hope that we have some grace, right? So if the church I'm at right now, I feel like my pastor lies to me one day. I mean, I'm not just going to up and leave the next day. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like it's, it even gets weird. It, that That's why Chandler said, we feel like we're not directly answering the question. It's even weird with this because I feel like depending on your, your reason that you're thinking of why you may want to leave, um, when you go to approach a leader about that, even maybe your expectations have to be different, right? Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, it goes it goes back to the partnership thing. I think still with what Chandler said, and if 
if you've gone to someone to mend what is a partnership relationship and there's some tension there and you've run to that tension and you've addressed it two, three, four times about the same issue and nothing's happening. Like, I don't know. I don't, I know you're right. There's not really a line, but I think that there, there has to be some sort of um, uh, other voice that needs to be involved. And maybe that's where like your inner circle comes in and wise counsel comes in because Hey, I've gone to my leadership about this issue a few times. Uh, and then now I'm not going to process this by myself. I'm going to go to my inner circle. I'm going to go to my mentors. I'm going to go to these people and say, hey, help me out here. How how much longer? Because I think that that we can't draw a line because there isn't a line to be drawn. I think that it varies from thing to thing. And that's where your inner circle, that's where your mentors come into play to say, hey, um, what you're getting caught, you're getting caught up on something that maybe isn't that big of a deal. And it's time to, for you to like humbly submit to the way that the church is doing this, or it may be, Hey, it looks like they're maybe manipulating you or, Hey, maybe they're not really listening to you and there's not going to be uh, much reconciliation there. And so it's going to be time for you to best serve the church by leaving. And, yeah. and maybe it's like getting into that, that, cause that was my second question is like, have you addressed your issues and concerns with your inner circle? And we've all talked to each other about issues that we've had when we worked together and when we didn't work together right. about issues that we had with where we were at. Hmm. Yeah, that no, makes sense. And I can see somebody like, I don't know, <laughs> I'm like picturing like a listener right now, like pulling their hair out and being like, yeah, but the church isn't like a missions program. Yeah, but the church isn't community groups. Or, yeah, the church isn't sure. worship. Like, it's not this. It's not that. It's about the people, you know. But even then, like, here's the reality. And here's the unfortunate thing I'll say is that I think so, so often, like we miss that, like, yes, the church is the people, but it's also not just the people under your roof. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, it's mm -hmm. also the people an hour away from you. It's also the people in another state. Like, it's also those people. And so for you to participate in, an, in, a, in a body with other people is, I think, very much so okay. And like, I'll give an example of that. Like, we're at the church that I'm at currently, we actually have our our, our children's pastor is actually transitioning off the team. And in this past staff meeting, I loved, I just picked up on it. We didn't talk about it for a long time, but the pastor said something that I was like, man, like, what a refreshing way to understand the church. He said, Hey, this person, he was talking about the person. He said, Hey, they're not, they're not leaving. Right. Which is like, even the verbiage that we've been using this entire oh, yeah. podcast. How many it's, times have we hey, said that? <laughs> yeah. It's, Hey, they're not leaving, but they're going. And yeah. I just thought like, man, what a refreshing way to understand that. Hey, the church is not just like our, like the people under our roof, but the it's building. like, it's yeah. So just the building and it's not just our church and it's not just, you know, our programs, but there's other things that God is calling. God is individually calling us to do things and he has gifted us for a specific purpose. And, um, you know, like I'm just throwing this out there as an example, but if like, if somebody really cares and has a heart about orphan care, man, the Lord just laid that on their hearts. Yeah. Like in my mind, I'm like, Hey, well, like, like, bro, our church don't do that. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. like, I'm not supposed to, and like, it's not in the vision and it's not in the plan. And like, we don't like our leadership doesn't care about that or whatever. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, like, well, cool. Like I'm supposed to just stay for 10 years. And here's the thing is like, some people would say, yeah, then that's okay. I mean, people could say that. Yeah. I, I don't, I, you know, I might disagree I with that. I think. That yeah. I might disagree with that, but yeah. The global yeah. church, man. I love, I love the idea of the big C, what we always call the big C church. Right. So I think that. Even even in Houston, one city in in the whole state in the whole country, um, man, we're 
all three of our churches are all completely different from one another. Completely different set of uh, vision, different values, different goal in mind of what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, kind of what we've been going through this whole podcast so far in Ancient Questions, we're seeing it's really not a simple answer, right? Um, we struggle finding a line necessarily. I think we all kind of agree that there are reasons, um, valid reasons to leave a church, but it's not it's not an easy decision. It's not always the same reasoning for everyone, and that's okay. Um, as we talk even about, you know, um, Big C Church and, and whatever, I think we're seeing that this is this is not an easy topic, but I had a lot of fun. I hope you all enjoyed this. I think this is a, a good first first topic. I'm glad that um, someone suggested this. This is fun to talk about. And we did exactly what we said we would do, right? Um, have honest conversations about things that should not be awkward. Um, you know, for even us who are staffs at a church, um, it's, it's weird, right? When an old staff member walks in um, and you're like, hey, I have your job or I'm sitting in your office. Yeah. Um, and so, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we can talk about that and it not be weird. Um, but anyway, so to kind of to wrap this up, we have a new segment that we're really excited to introduce. Um, we're going to call this the 30-second soapbox. And so what we're going to do here is we're each going to have 30 seconds um, to just say something that we feel like just needs to be heard. This can be about life. It can be about ministry. It is whatever is on your heart. Um, you're going to have 30 seconds, um, and you will be heard. So Chandler, why don't you go first? Are you good with that? All right. All right. I got yeah, you on a timer. I'll count so. you down. Yeah, you got 30 seconds. Okay, I'm ready. Days. All right. Okay. Three, two, one. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about uh, the ministry side of things. Here's here's something that's been bothering me a lot lately is so many communicators putting so much heart and so much energy into the way that they speak that they're not spending enough time and energy on the scriptures, and that's absolutely been driving me crazy. It's not it's not that the clapping and the hooping and the hollering is the is the issue. It's the lack of focus on on the text and the passages that they're teaching on. And some people and they just get so into themselves on the stage. Yeah. Ah! Boom. <laughs> that was good. Wow. That was good. Yeah. Hey, I, yeah. I, wow. I hope you feel heard. I hope you feel valued. I've done announcements before. Okay. Good I'll job, land that 30 second mark. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, at the church that we all um, worked at, there was a, it was a multi site. And so um, since they live stream services, anything that happened on stage had to be at the exact same second as everywhere else since it was live. And so um, all of us at some point had to do announcements on stage and you had to do it in exactly five minutes. And when that five minute him, when that five minute um, time hit, it didn't matter if you were in the middle of a sentence, if you were in the middle of praying, um, if you were kind of stuttering over a thought, it was cutting to the sermon. So you needed to say amen as soon as that timer hit. So um, Chandler <laughs> has practice with that for sure. Oh yeah. He's been cut off a few times. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, next. All right, Paul, you want to go next? Yeah, yeah, I got you. Somebody hit me with a timer. Box, Give me a countdown. Okay, I got you on the timer. I'll count okay. you down. Ready? Yeah. Ten, not uh, <laughs> three, two, one, go. All right, so for this one, I'm pulling from from the life um, kind of section of our podcast. So as you all know, I just moved into a house. And as I was installing things in the house, I was thinking of things that are necessary that should be in every home. And I don't understand why there is not a bidet in every home. So I'm here to talk to you today about the Hello Tushy. Okay, so when wow. I moved in, I bought the Hello Tushy. It's the most affordable Tushy on the market. I was <laughs> affordable Tushy. It's the most affordable bidet. Never felt cleaner. Never been happier. My bathroom experience is through the roof. Highly encourage you to go get a Hello Tushy sponsored by Paul Rivera. <laughs> do you have a squatty potty too no that would be doing the most i can't have, have you need two. a tushy and a squatty potty you need both you need both it's All right, the most turn. expensive tushy on the market <laughs> <laughs> all right all right Matt. are you ready 
yeah. All right, I got you on the countdown. Three, two, one, go. I'm going to pull from the life of the Life of Ministry podcast. Uh, right now, we're trying to paint the outside of our house. And let me just tell you what I feel about all projects and things that are being done right now in homes coming from a non-handyman. I hate them, hate them, hate them, hate them with everything in me. Hate times seven, 70 times seven. That's how much I hate them. I, I, We've done repainted our house. We've done our gardens. We've done all this stuff and it doesn't end. It never ends. So um, I'm sure it'll end when COVID does. And that's my 30 seconds. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah hey don't to all of our listeners do not let matt do your handy handy work Whoa, <laughs> i'm very handy all right hey guys well that's all that we have for today's episode matt paul it's been a pleasure as always we'll see you guys next time on the life of ministry podcast